2: Pimpin, baby. Speak, yeah. is Pimping.
1: Had To be a big shot, did ya? What's up, folks? It is so bad, it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan. What year, what day, what time is it right now? Uh, this is your Thursday episode. This is uh, it's about 11 o'clock at night Pacific Standard Time. It has been a long day, another long day, a long another long night. Uh, I watch Vanderpump Rules and watch what happens live, and then I watch Vanderpump Rules again, and then I listen to Kristen Doty's podcast. Which I've got to say, well, a lot of good information on that podcast uh listen i i she asked me to be on that that show this week. I'm like, damn I to to have been on that show to be able to listen to the actual stories uh you you gotta listen to her podcast and then go tell her I should be on because now I wanna be on part two of this. Um, but it was it was really – it was a great first-person account of some of the things from Ariana's perspective right now, which I think we're not nearly hearing enough. And from people that I have spoken with is that – and this is why – this is another reason why I kind of really just love Ariana is that um, – oh, by the way, somebody yelled at me for saying Ariana. Ariana, sorry, you guys. I'm from Kansas. So I go ah, – so that's – it's not – no offense to Ariana no offense to – You on Instagram that try to send me a dirty, nasty message. Ariana um, is, uh, sorry, I've had two lover boys. Actually, not bad. Not bad, you guys. Um, The thing I like about Ariana is that, from what I hear, is that she's not planning on releasing any statement. She's gonna let everybody, all of us, you know, in Twitter and Instagram, folks, and and Raquel and Tom release their billionth statement, and and there's not really a statement that she's planning on making at this point. Um, uh, I do want to tell you what I told you yesterday is, is that there is something, uh, sorry, something about her their sandwich shop. If you go to their Instagram page, uh, they released merchandise today. Uh, it's it's International uh, Women's Day, by the way, so uh, happy. Happy day, Dave! I hope everybody had an amazing International Women's Day. I know I would not be here if not for a woman. I I know uh, everybody that I kind of truly love, respect, and find hysterical are all women. And um, yeah, I mean, shit. It's really hard when men fuck over amazing international women. Um, But regardless, if you want to support, you can go buy merchandise over there right now at the uh, something about her um, Shopify page. But basically, I don't think she's going to be releasing any statement because this has happened. It's it's funny to watch all of the hubbub around her, though. And there's so many distinct, different stories right now that it so clouds and confuses the situation of just like, man, let's not forget that Ariana, Ari, sorry, Ariana just found out about this a week ago. You know, something that's been going on potentially over seven months. <laughs> uh she just caught up to a week ago. We just caught up to five days ago. But Raquel and Tom have known from the beginning <laughs> of seven months. So uh, here's the deal, you guys. I There's so much going on right now in my life and this and all that. And I've been uh, busting my hump. What, not for you guys, by the way. This is what I would do anyways. So there's no glory in this for me. There's no like me, me, me. Uh, I just naturally, this is where my interests lie. So that is why I've covered this so hard. And this is, you know, like I always say, this is like the first reality show that I just genuinely loved with a passion um, as an adult. You know, this is one of those things where I like, you know, we all started, a lot of us started uh our reality show love with like real world. And then we went to survivor and then we went to bachelor and then you went to Bravo and all this stuff. And then it kind of led you to Vanderpump rules and Vanderpump rules, I think kind of just really ignited a, a newfound passion in reality shows that I had not had since the real world. If you, if you really want to think of, you know, think about it in that way. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to save for this episode All of the Vanderpump Rules uh, issues of the last day, because there's a ton. We've got the Black Eye Gate with Raquel. We've got Raquel. I think she released uh, last count 23 statements. Um, We have uh, the Vanderpump Rules episode. We have the Watch What Happens Live with Lisa Vanderpump with no Jax Taylor. Jax, did you lie again, buddy? <laughs> That's wild. So anyways, we're gonna do that on Friday. I'm gonna it's gonna be a glorious spectacle of misery on So Bad. It's good where I will recap the entire episode that we just saw tonight and I will talk about all of the surrounding things. It'll be one Vanderpump thing to lead you into the weekend. Please pray pray to God that nothing happens over the weekend. And if it does, I will be putting that directly on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Uh, but today, I recorded this episode Friday morning, last Friday morning, I, just hours before I found out about the Tom and Ariana news. So this is like a different world. This is like, you know, this is pre a disaster. This is pre Hindenburg. This is pre Titanic. And um, we have Celebrity Memoir Book Club on today. One of the best podcasts out there. We've got Claire and Ashley, and I've been talking about them and admiring them for so long now, and it is uh, it is such a privilege and a joy to have them on. Uh, I look up to them and so much in what they're doing in podcasting, and uh, like I tell them, it is just so fun to go on TikTok or Instagram and see all of you guys talking about these these ladies and their podcasts and what they do, uh, you know, is literally breaking down these celebrity memoir books. So you don't have to, and they do it in such a detailed way. I just think, Uh, it's really awesome. So, and if you guys have followed the journey of this podcast, you know, it's hard for me to read with my eyes anymore. Not because I have old eyes, even though I do, it's because I don't want to use my eyes to read Heather Gay's novel, you know? So I listen to my Bravo books and we talk about Heather Gay's book. We talk about Lala's book. We talk about Pamela Anderson's book. We talk about Prince, uh, Prince Harry's book. I mean, we kind of go, we cover the gamut. I get to hear their stories about how they started. And um, I just, I love podcasts that are based on actual real relationships between the two hosts. I think it's just awesome how you will lean on them. You'll get, you know, it's like a brother, sister, sister, sister relationship in a sense. And um, they're going on tour. You guys, they're going overseas on tour. They're doing a tour here. You gotta go check them out if you have the, uh, the ability to because they're just great. And I was so lucky to have them on. I don't think they even knew they were going to be on today after the scandal, which, my God, I keep trying to think of a different name for it, and I just just can't, and I'm too tired to think of it. So, regardless, I'm going to catch you up with everything Vanderpump-related on Friday. Tell your friends. It's going to go—remember, gloves are off, man. A couple Tom Sandoval things in tonight's episode where I can't wait to talk to you guys about. And Lisa Vanderpump— it's fun, but also remember at the end of the day, I think if you watch Watch It Happens Live, you know that this is a person that is looking out for her bag. I mean, I, I really, I think she cares about these people to a degree, but that's about it. And even she said, Liz, Liz, uh, I love Nicolene. No, she said, um, uh, remember, cheating isn't that bad. Come on, there's so many bad things in the world. Come on. And I think that's interesting because the thought I want to try to, to crystallize for myself in the next day is, is that she, is she telling all of us that it's kind of okay to cheat? It's par for course. It's normal. I mean, I, cause I think that would actually be comforting to ever, and especially to women just go like, Hey, accept it. It's going to happen. Don't get, you know, don't get your, uh, don't get into a snit about it and just realize that people will be cheating on you. And that's what happens. And just hopefully your partner will still want to be with you after they cheat on you. And some of them don't. Like, I mean, they're like I, I'm very, I got to go back and watch the Watch What Happens Live because I thought it was very cavalier. A lot of people on Twitter were like, oh my God, this is so fun. And I was like, I guess I just wasn't in a fun mood. I don't know if you guys feel me on that or if you're like totally, anyway, I'm in too deep, basically. So let's get to our guest I love them. I was so happy to have them on. And this is just like a fun conversation, which I think we need right now more than ever. If you don't know them, you're going to know them right now, but I know you already know them. They're from the podcast, celebrity memoir book club. We have got Claire and Ashley. Here they are. Welcome back to so bad. It's good today. Uh, we I'm, I'm so excited for today. This has been such a long time coming. Uh, the, the, these ladies have done something. I think they've really started some kind of movement and it's a movement that is much needed to continue to not read. Uh, they read for you so you don't have to and they are doing it at such a level. Their reading comprehension is such a level that these guys flood all of my feeds. I mean, I really, uh, one of the best TikToks, I mean, also best podcast, but the best TikToks, I will go on their TikTok and just have the time of my life Uh, I'm glad today I found out that they're finally getting the chairs that they so deserve Mm -hmm. for their recording space. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, uh, they have a tour coming up. You guys probably already know who this is when you read the title, but they're going overseas, y'all. They're going to like Ireland, London. They're going to be here as well. New York, Austin, all of these dates, which we'll talk about as well. And I want to talk about how they got their start um, and just what it takes to read these books week after week and some of these books are so awful so so awful uh so without further ado claire parker and ashley hamilton from celebrity memoir book club welcome to the pod
3: thank you so much thank for having us, us. yeah whether um, or not we have decent reading comprehension is very up for debate
1: <laughs> um my audience knows is that some of these books i've given up on reading i go to the audio book <laughs> now and i feel like that was i i read so much as a kid and then I realized as I got older, TV started to happen and my reading comprehension fell off. And I still wanted to be a part of it. So I started listening to audiobooks, but I still have the feeling that I'm cheating by listening to an audiobook.
2: No, I mean, that's reading.
0: Is, well, cheating is counting Lala Kent's book as reading at all. Like <laughs> that, counting it as a book. Do
1: you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, that's I, I did listen to Lala's book. And that's what I say about a lot of these books. These books, especially the Bravo-centric ones, could just be a podcast. Period.
3: Should oh, they could be. be a podcast. You know what? They
0: shouldn't even be a podcast. I don't know what they <laughs>
3: what they
2: are. <laughs>
0: They're a BuzzFeed article. They're honestly a BuzzFeed quiz where you pick your own adventure because they'll be whoever you want them
2: to. I mean,
1: it truly, it's like, well, that's why I was using Craig Conover's book, Pillow Talk, as an example. And listen, the big struggle I had, like, there's one little struggle he went through in like the third grade. He was bullied for like a a week or two. And that is the whole book. (laughs) <laughs> you, if, you, if it
3: was the third grade for a week or two, I'm sorry. I feel like this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but we talk about this all the time of like, there needs to be a general definition of bullying that gets like cemented in stone because to say in third grade, I had my feelings hurt is really, really taking a whack at the kids who were bullied.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I feel like it, it takes so little now to have a memoir, to have a book put out, especially if you're on Bravo, But you could put this even kind of in celebrity culture at large. And I mean, I guess we're all I mean, I I always wonder what the success of these books are. Do you pay attention to charts and things like that and what's popular and what's not?
0: So a a little bit is one that you can tell they're on the New York Times bestseller list. I guess that's the big deal. But the other thing is you've got the uh, dagger of death that sometimes you have to look for. And then is New York seller best bestseller list, which means that they were bought in bulk. So that's a like Stasi Shutter, for example, has the Dagger of Death, which means her book was bought in bulk, which means the New York Times suspects there's been foul play. We call these books merch. We're like yeah. they're not really books; they're just another way for them to slap their name on an object that can be sold. It's no different than a hoodie. It's no different, and I say, than like when Harry Styles makes nail polish.
2: <laughs>
1: well, it's
0: a I backpack, yeah.
1: Heather Gay's book made the New York Times bestseller list. And I was like, is that the Mormon church just buying up copies to burn them? Um, But I mean, was that real sales or was there a dagger of death?
0: I would say that was real sales, but also, I mean, she has a hook that's deeply interesting. Mormonism is interesting. She has like a double backing of one, she's on Real Housewives and then two, and the Real Housewives itself is so interesting with Jen Shaw, like Real Housewives of Salt Lake City has been kind of a crazy series And then when you have like a cult behind you, people are interested in cults.
3: Yeah. And then can I add another thing aside from the dagger of death that I think it's important to look for? The other thing that is important to remember is that not that many people buy and read books overall. So if you look at like, was she number, was she on the bestsellers list in like all nonfiction or was she on the bestsellers list in like nonfiction comma religion or like non-fiction, <laughs> comma enter you know what I, like there are yeah, like garden gar- gardening
1: of a certain area yeah they, they have all these are, different like, a lot yeah. of
3: categories in these lists that like once you like break it down and see like okay within this category how many people even bought books in the last
0: week jamie lynn spears <laughs> did that where she called her book a bestseller but it wasn't even a new york times bestseller it was like an amazon bestseller in family drama non-fiction it was like a super <laughs> it was a bestseller yeah. in
1: sister of britney spears family. yeah literally it was, it was the, the best Spears one. family
0: book <laughs> that week
1: <laughs> well lala La, there was a plot line on vanderpump rules a couple seasons ago where she wanted to make the new york times bestseller list and she didn't make the new york times bestseller list and Rand, her her ex got her a cake and i was kind of of the mind of like randall you'll pay literally for women allegedly drugs but you won't pay for like a thousand copies of lala's book to get her on the bestseller list that kind of shocked me well the irony
0: is if you have read the la times article it's not that he would have even bought the book it's that he would have abused his assistants into using their own money to buy the book and then never (laughs) paid them back so it's not (laughs) like he's paying these people back
1: (laughs) randy run to target right now every target in the inland empire um before we get into uh the book specifically a little bit, uh I want to know uh, about your uh how you guys came together. You're both stand-up comedians, you're both from New York. How did you meet each other? How did this podcast start? Um tell me all that good stuff.
3: Yeah, um we are both stand-up comedians. We I started stand-up in LA and moved to New York in 2017 and met Claire at The open mics, just like within the comedy scene, we saw each other around a lot and we became friends pretty quickly and then decided to start a podcast about Britney Spears. So we spent over a year, I think we did 88 episodes of this Britney Spears podcast. What was it called? Uh, hold on one second. We're
0: talking about Britney
3: Spears. It has been scrubbed <laughs> from the internet.
0: Every episode was 48 minutes of me and Ashley talking about absolutely nonsense. And then like eight <laughs> minutes of us talking about, like literally we'd get to minute 56 yeah. and be like, should we get into this week's topic of uh,
2: oops, I did it again. And then we wouldn't and even know be what like, we're talking
0: about. We'd be like, oh, she did do
3: it again. So oops. Next week on Who's the tabs.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, how did you come upon then books? Because this is such a... This is such an amazing entrance point for you guys to be able to talk about pop culture knowledge, all of this stuff. It's such a like and it, it seems like kind of like this. Interestingly, I don't mean this in a, like a, a simple idea, but it's so good because it can go everywhere. Like, I mean, what who came up with this idea?
0: Jessica Simpson. Um, so uh, yeah. we stopped doing the, the <laughs> we stopped doing who's with tabs, as we called it when the conservatorship stuff came out. So this would have been two thousand eighteen you know, there was another Britney Spears podcast that was kind of breaking the story. They're also comedians. We felt at that point, it was unclear what was really going on. And we were like, as two comedians, I'm not actually going to weigh in on like a legal dispute. We don't know what we're talking about. And our podcast was obviously very bantery, jokey. We love laughing about her khakis. Famously, we say she's the only celebrity who ever truly shopped her candies by Kohl's line. And so like, we like <laughs> lovingly <laughs> would tease her. And when we found out that she might be in trouble, we were like, oh, we don't want to talk about this anymore. Like, we don't want to talk... Cause you have yeah. to make a comment and we don't feel comfortable saying she's a prisoner and we don't feel comfortable saying she's not. So we're going to
2: yeah. just and shut this, down the
0: podcast for context. A lot of people like don't
3: really understand the timeline of when this stuff was coming out. This was the spring after um, her like Vegas residency was announced and then canceled.
0: And this so like- nobody in the public was talking about it. It was all in Twitter standum.
2: This yeah,
1: was a, it was, there was like, a, a underground free Britney movement. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It was very. I mean, it was like
3: thirty people. Like it was very, and people like don't really understand. I feel like when the New York Times documentary came out, that's when everyone was talking about it. The New York Times. That was maybe a year and a half after we stopped the podcast because we were like, "Oh, this is too." uh What's the word? So you felt
1: you felt Exploitist. that that was about. To, yeah, I mean, I remember well, that Friday like, night it came on that, oh, that, that New York Times one. Yeah.
0: I was thinking
3: and
1: well, of the word. Our period. feeling
0: was like, if something is going on here, we are not going to be. We cannot help the movement by doing what we're doing. We're not in a position to help. I don't feel I have the credentials to help. So I'd rather say nothing at all than like. Because so many people have said to us, like, "Oh, all of this drama around Brittany, the conservatorship. This must be great for the podcast." And that's exactly what we're trying to get away from. We never wanted to be accused of like exploiting somebody's absolute trauma and hellscape so we left that and we tried a whole other podcast about friendship female friendship <laughs> called we're in a fight with claire and ashley me and ashley fight all the time famously <laughs> and it turns out that actually having a podcast about fighting is very toxic for friendship it <laughs> really bad <laughs> would not recommend every it. Week we would have to think about a thing we fought about and it's actually not great for a relationship to constantly rehash every tiny <laughs> little like misspeak so we had to shut that down. But when we were looking for something else, Mariah Carey had just announced hers and Jessica Simpson, I think Jessica Simpson announced and Mar- whatever Mariah Carey, Jessica, Jessica Simpson. Simpson's book got released and
3: then it was oh, uh, that
1: was open or what book. was that called? Open book, open book. It was and January, Mariah's, the meaning of life, right?
3: It was yeah. January or February, 2020. Jessica Simpson's book had just come out. And then Mariah's book, Mariah announced that she was coming out with a book in November. It was like a whole, and we like started looking into it and realizing a lot of celebrities, who were like our kind of era of celebrity were like kind of venturing into phase two, like the second act of their careers, like with a memoir. So we thought it'd be really fun to like read celebrity memoirs. That way we could still talk about pop culture, but we didn't feel like we were exploiting anyone, digging through anyone's garbage because they are putting these books out. Like whether or not they actually wrote them or it was a ghostwriter – they and their team are like fully co-signing the existence of this book. It's nothing like nothing is happening behind their backs for these books to come out. Yeah. So you're,
1: not doing, like, you're not yeah. doing unauthorized biographies. You're doing yeah, exactly. autobiographies that these people put out.
0: I mean, actually we love to talk shit. We love to gossip. I mean, I'm like literally just did a TikTok video today because a clip of me talking shit about Haley Bieber's keeps going viral where I said that I had heard rumors <laughs> that that church hill song had like, given her to Justin as like a virgin sacrifice almost. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, do I believe that? Yes. But also I was like, you guys can't use me doing this hearsay as evidence of anything. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I heard it. I choose to believe it. Yes, that's And that's fun for me. But if you're like going to the government with evidence, I am not evidence. I am just a gossip. But so I think it was important for me and Ashley to be like, how do we control our love of being petty and talking about celebrities and talking about pop culture and analyzing it and do it in a way that is ethical and i think we were both raised in the tmz era of yeah like me too people down. and now that we see what it's done to britney spears i remember when anna nicole died like just the amy I even mean, see
1: what it did to justin bieber we're watching justin yeah. bieber go through it right i mean like this guy can't keep a tour going to save his life and i mean it it People don't really realize you think it's all glitter and gold. And you're just like, look at this other side of it. Imagine you on your worst day getting pictures pushed out to everybody in the whole wide world. And then people on top of it, being able to say whatever they want about you, like you got such a fat ass, like that is insane to do mentally. Yeah. So
0: we've thing- been like, how do we get to talk shit about people in a way that feels <laughs> fair? And this is, the answer.
1: <laughs> did it work um, immediately? No, and? nothing. No, I mean, did you, like, did you, did you start the podcast and did it, you're like, oh, this no. is it. This no, is I mean, no. I think
0: we realized that this was like an iterative thing that we were proud of, but you could go Ashley, but no, it did not blow up overnight.
3: <laughs> yeah. 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 I would say, I would say it was our most, suc- it was our third podcast that we'd done and it was our most successful podcast, like within like two to three months, probably like within a couple months, we were like, okay, this is going much better than the others.
1: I don't but even mean wasn't... successful, but like to you guys, was it like the flow was like, instead of fighting with each other, you actually took that the onus off yourself and the spotlight. Did you know the no. actual, like, this is so much easier to talk.
0: When it's you're so... failing at something, you're mad. And we were both doing our full-time jobs. And I think it took, mm-hmm. and we didn't even figure out the flow of the podcast. Ashley has been going back for Uh, ad purposes and listening to the old episodes. And she's like, oh my God, we were so bad at this.
3: Yeah. I I think if you go back and listen to some of the early, even like we've been podcasting at that point for like three or four years together. And when I listened to those first couple of episodes, we also, I think we were toying with like the format of the podcast as a whole until we launched in September, 2020. And I think until probably April or May of 2021, we were still really like working on the format. and then. I don't think it was like something that I would have sat down and called good and successful until like spring of 2022. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh,
0: I was gonna say like, something we really didn't understand at the beginning is that if people ha- like the value we add is, and we like to think we're funny and we like to think we're insightful, but really the value we add that I'm absolutely sure of is that we've read the books so that you don't have to. And I think it took us a while to realize like okay, if people are trusting our opinions on the book, we have to tell them what's in the book too. And for a while, we were just like chatting about the book. And if you were a listener who hadn't read it, you'd be like, I don't know what's going on. You're just bopping around pulling quotes that make no sense. <laughs> I think yeah. one of the
1: biggest compliments I can give you guys is that I I see this all the time. I mean, I think this has been in my Facebook group in comments that I've seen just right said like, oh, I'm not going to read that book. I'm going to wait for them to cover it because I'll, I'll then, you know, like that's what I would rather do. We love to
3: hear that. <laughs> and that's not even
1: a ju- That's not even a wink. I'm being funny. That's a, this is how I'd prefer to read the book is through them. And I think that's that really is special could you imagine that it's at this point where you're going overseas to do a live tour like i mean i know you guys seem to handle things really well and you you know you seem really calm every time i and i just really put together but i I imagine at a certain point you couldn't have have imagined this over a podcast um i
0: don't like so big that it's unimaginable.
2: I mean, you don't have to, I
1: don't, I listen, I just think for a podcast, it's really, it's really special. This one in particular that you do that people want to see you live.
0: No. And I think, I think because we're both live performers first and foremost, and we are in the comedy space. So I think something that we have that a lot of podcasters don't have is we are like not in a podcast community, but we're in a community of people who have podcasts. And so I feel like I look, like at people around me that I've seen blow up with podcasts. And so I always knew it was possible. And I always find it disingenuous when the people are at the Oscars being like, I never in a million years could have been this <laughs> I'm like, every single one of us,
2: even if you're not an actor,
0: I have a fantasized about winning a Grammy and what I would say. I cannot hold a tune to save my life. So I, w- I can't sit here and be like, I never would have imagined. I had hoped this and we've both been at it now. We've been doing comedy each for almost a decade. So yes. I'm so thrilled and grateful and happy it's working out. But I like I can't sit here online and be like, I never would have imagined. Like, oh. no, I've been working every day towards this yeah. exact place well, for a it, decade. Did, and I'm like, exactly. and that's the the thing, finally did.
3: to be like, like I never imagined that we would like be at least like making a living off of comedy and podcasting. I'm like, I really spent every day until we were hoping that at some point I would be making a living off of oh. podcasting or comedy. So, I like had to believe it would happen. Otherwise, I had spent the last decade of my <laughs> life just like, <laughs> fuck knows uh, what.
1: <laughs> I guess I really didn't believe in myself. This is like, no, the Malcolm Gladwell thi- thing, I always like, I was like, that was pounded into my head in acting school with like 10,000 hours, 10,000 hours. And it is interesting that it's like, wow, all my 10,000 hours led to this. Like, it's not mm-hmm. exactly how I imagined yeah. it, but now, like, even live shows, yeah, I have. I have my live show planned out. Like I have it in my head. I know what it is. I I don't have any dates or anything like that. But like, of course you imagine that. Like, I think it's like, uh, that stupid thing of like every girl imagines when they're going to get married someday. It's like every podcaster imagines when they go on tour, every podcaster imagines when they get ads, it's just kind of this natural progression. Uh, but it is interesting to be able to, uh, look to you guys. And I'm just always like really inspired. Like I watch you guys and there is this, uh, I just think there's this comfortability and there's like you guys, when I, when I watch you or listen to you, I feel very comfortable in the sense that you guys are confident in what you're doing. So it's like you guys steering any ship. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do that.
3: Yeah. I will say another thing that I think has helped is that I think that people who don't, who haven't like had their foundation in live shows, like view live shows in like a much more complicated way than me and Claire do like when we started doing like our first live podcast we cuz we came up doing stand up and in the alternative comedy scene so people were just like throwing up shows in any broom closet or hallway so like the first venue that we ever did a live show in was a room that I had done stand up in like several times before so it didn't feel like quite a like wow this is it we're like finally doing a live pod like I never thought I'd be live in this room like I had already been live in that room and so it was like very cool that like we had a room full of people who were excited to like see us and our podcast like the difference was that we were excited like we were happy people wanted to see us and our podcast not that we were like getting on stage to perform you know yeah.
1: no I I was why I was at uh I, I was one of the presenters that watched what crappens last week at like in Los Angeles at this huge venue the Wiltern so beautiful and it's so funny because at the end of the day it's just those two dudes with the table doing their thing at such a great level, but there's no, like, it's, it's not like Rihanna. They have, there's like seven exactly, stages yeah. that yeah. are like floating up and down. It's just them. And that's what people are are coming to see is just them or just you guys. And, uh, but in terms of live shows though, what does uh celebrity memoir book club live show? I was listening to it. You say you guys do a little stand up, you do uh, some audience interaction, you'll do a mini uh, book club report. What what is your upcoming tour going to look like?
0: So we do stand up up top. We actually, it's funny that you're like, oh, I went and saw these guys. There's this huge room and it was just the two of them. We have been told by our agent. He's like, you should get a visual, like there should be a PowerPoint or something behind you. And we're like, so we're thinking about adding a PowerPoint, a visual aspect. (laughs) It hasn't suggested. I'm like, can it be pyro? And he's like, I don't really think that that would add value to your
3: show. If you guys have
1: smoke, if you come out and smoke and things like that, and there's like yeah, The only
3: thing me and Claire have ever really dreamed of is like, that's it. When we're like, I've always
0: wanted to have a sparkler. (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> we were thinking about
0: getting someone to sing the national anthem, like it was a sporting event before every show. That makes. Jessica, sense.
1: if you can get Jessica Simpson to come out with you, that would be amazing.
0: I
3: mean,
2: yeah, yeah it would the be amazing. NBC, <laughs>
3: the NBC with Jessica Simpson opening.
1: Yeah, I could That'd see it, yeah. I did mushrooms at the celebrity memoir book club live show. It was amazing. They had the laser light show. Blew your mind. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we would love that. But it's so we do stand up love and then a laser light show you guys are going to come in, it's just going to be laser tag. It's going to have been like
1: show Everybody put their laser packs on. Try to get Ashley.
0: But we do stand up and then we find an essay written by a celebrity. Because celebrities love to guest write an essay for a magazine or the New York Times. And so we do like in 15 to 20 minutes, we're able to do essentially what an episode is, but live on an essay. We never repeat the essays or we try, we try not to repeat the essays. I guess we, as we have more and more live shows, we might have to eventually, but it's always like a one-off thing. We don't record them. It dies in that room. And then we play a really fun game where it's kind of like, would you rather, where we each have to pick a celebrity that we've done a book on from a deck and we don't know. And we have to like defend why you'd rather go to the moon with Lena Dunham or Kendra Wilkinson. <laughs> Who would you rather go to jail with for the night? Like, common or, uh, who else have we read? Pamela Anderson. Like, it's just, yeah.
3: Like, fun who would you like
0: rather that?
3: like be the godmother of your children? Chris Jenner or, you know, Olivia Munn, Olivia Munn, <laughs>
1: You got to so, go Chris Jenner just for the gifts. I mean, you got so to. We have
3: to like fight for our person. So we pick them at random. And so like if I picked um, Olivia Munn, then I have to like come up with like a reason to try and convince the audience that Olivia Munn would actually be a good godmother.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I'm in. I'm fully in. When's the, when's the Los Angeles date? Come on. Let's... It
0: just passed. It was in January. Yeah. What the he hell? It's all about ty- dynasty typewriter. Sold oh, out I love that theater.
1: Days, I couldn't so, well, I yeah. wouldn't have been able to even get in if I wanted to, but <laughs> congratulations! That's a great venue. Um, okay, let's get to the books a little bit because you just covered Commons book, which is what what conscientious uh rapper?
3: Rap. Uh yeah, cons- conscious <laughs> rap, yeah. Conscious
1: <laughs> rap. And uh I hear it's a very uh slow book, it's a very uh tedious book at times. Uh what was your overall opinion on commons autobiography?
0: It felt to us, I would call it after school special. He's very much somebody who I think has bought into his own branding and now is more interested in just like keeping the checks churning as corny as it may be. It felt very like things were hard, but if you work hard and smile and respect your mom, it's all going to work out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Eat your vegetables. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, I mean, does he talk about his relationship with uh, Kanye?
0: Yes. A lot. Ashley, do you want to tell Ashley is from Chicago. So I feel like this oh, is yeah. it's an Ashley question and <laughs> um, she's Jewish. So I feel like she's allowed to say whatever
3: oh, she wants uh, to say I have a very Kanye.
1: complicated relationship with Kanye. Con- I, I don't usually now like to talk about him, but I am, cause I know him and common yes. have such an interesting relationship.
3: I mean, literally same. I'm like, I, it's, it's been a really, I mean, the thing is, it's not like new what Kanye has been saying. It's just like bigger. So I'm like, ugh, it's just it's been like a long unwinding of my like nostalgia and my like memories from Kanye's miss. But um, I I mean, yeah, they like came up together. I feel like Common was kind of like the cool guy who like helped bring Kanye into like who he is. And he like has a little thing about like the prince and the master, like the prince and the like what I think he like has like a a weird thing of being like, and then Kanye surpassed me, but it's good. We love each other still. I don't know. I don't think it was like there wasn't anything salacious. I feel like everything I've ever read about Kanye from like when he was young is that is all people just being like he's always been like that. like he's always just been like a really confident and passionate person. um,
1: yeah, I mean, we saw mom, it in those like, documentaries. I mean, the con I mean the Kanye autobiography, that would be so I mean, but people that that's the crazy thing about the Kanye started to get off topic, but like, People started, I didn't realize, people were like, oh, he's always been like this. He's always said anti-Semitic things well, his entire funny. career. I was like, what?
0: His, in the book, Common is like, and you know, I know he says crazy things, but I'll always stand by him. That's my guy. Like, I re- like, no matter what. And then even Common's mom is like, I'm friends with Donda. Kanye has a good heart. I know he says crazy things, but that's just a part of him. And this book came out in what, 2012, 2011? Yeah. So this was 11 years. It was always already like, I know, but I think they were more talking about the, Taylor Swift stuff. They're talking about the George Bushites, Black people stuff. So, yeah, yeah I, I do think at, when you see how consistent it's been, you have to kind of like blame the people around him for like how bad it's gotten and how kind of like evil it's gotten because you know what I mean? You can't keep giving people yeah. power. I don't know. I mean, at
3: the well, end I totally the day, agree with you. At the end of the day, he has been. Th- like basically everything I've ever heard of him is like from the beginning, like day one in the recording studio, like the first time he ever like met anyone, he's always been the kind of guy who will like just get up on a table and start like rapping and like hyping people up and like, just like, he's like, a no, it's like it's, like, it's
1: attractive to a degree. And then exactly. I think we now, you know, now we're having decades relationship with some of these celebrities. And at a certain point, there is like a level where you're like oh, this is exhausting on top of really dangerous because we've blown this person up so much that this person now thinks of themselves as a godlike figure and having all of this power. And that's when I believe like, it's like, oh, wow, this is really scary because it's dangerous. And especially if you're on like TikTok or something and you see all these like doofy kids going like, hell yeah, Kanye. I'm like, what is going on?
0: Yeah. I like the corporations. I think when when you're Adidas and there's, you would rather sell sneakers than protect your workers, like when you hear the stories about how he would watch porn in business meetings, and that was years before they cut ties, that's when you just say, okay, it is somebody in, in power's uh, responsibility to step in and say, the money isn't worth it. We can't keep propping him up because when the money stops, you go get help because you don't have to go get help when a billion dollars is coming in and everyone on your team is getting 10% of that. Nobody well, that's wants what it to I was stop. Gonna
3: say, like, no one wants it to stop. And I do feel like there are a lot of people who will like really, really reinforce a pattern. Like if the validation you're getting is financial and attention, if people are only going to continue to work with you and continuing to give you attention, positive or negative, it literally doesn't matter. It just is attention and money. And if those two things continue, then like why change your behavior? If you stop getting work, if you stop getting attention, you stop making headlines, people stop working with you, you're not getting attention or money, you have to change.
1: I keep talking about this, and it kind of goes even into housewives and potentially other gay, is that I've noticed a shift in pop culture where it is, uh, it doesn't matter good or bad anymore, as long as it's attention. Like, it used to just be like, let's, let's really try to put something good out there and be popular, and now it's like... Well, negativity, like you see the Jen Shaw of it all, or you see the like, and the people are like kind of thriving of like, I'm going to put out a stupid statement because it's going to like actually get attention, which Heather Gay's book shocks me in so many ways as I was listening to it, because the Jen Shaw of it all is barely in there. Like it's barely, it's like Jen Shaw, what a, what a powerhouse, like, you know, like nothing about, she knocked me in the eye. Like, it was just like, what a force of nature. It was just so slim in that. And I thought, I was like, what a pussy in a way. She, I mean, more than
0: slim, she specifically calls out this incredible night that she had on the tab of the business. Like the yeah. story she shares about Jen Shah is going out for a business dinner where they are three hours late to, in a dinner with employees and- which is supposed to be supporting them. It's supposed to be like a celebratory dinner where she thanks her employees by taking them a night out. She shows up three hours late, invites the Uber driver, invites the glam squad. They're overpacking the restaurant and then they all go out and presumably the business is paying for it. And now we all know the truth, which is that the business was being paid for by scamming elderly people. And it's like, Heather, have some decorum. It's one thing that it happened. You don't have to talk about it in your book, or if you're going to talk about it in your book, you don't have to talk about it in this incredible positive light of like the best night of your life and the reason why you love Jen Shaw. It is it, crazy it, to be like,
1: well, he spoiled me with the money he stole. <laughs> see, that that book was so frustrating to me because. At, it, at its core, it's still better than like Craig Conover's book because the religion aspect of it, like you said, if you like that foundation of religion and want to learn about the Mormon religion, she does reveal a lot of things that you're not supposed to reveal about the Mormon religion. So if you're new to that, that might be interesting to you, but also the little uh, device she uses by keep like re- referring to eighties, like movie title, ty- like, like, Oh, you know, I'll be your wingman any day. And da like those keep throughout the book, but to me, the thing, whole, the whole thing was, I know this is the one and true uh, church. I love God. I believe in God. I serve God. And then all of a sudden, I can be on Bravo. Peace out, God. I love you, Andy Cohen. And it's just this really weird shift at the end where it kind of shows you, listen, God is cool and all, but if you have a chance to be on TV, there's a really great opportunity to be better than you ever thought you could be. And that's where the book ends.
0: Well, our big criticism in the book is that it's clear she has not had time like, and she couldn't have, even if she wanted to really decom- deconstruct what happened, she has not been able to like sort through the trauma that has been caused by that church. And also the way that it sets your brain up. And a really interesting thing that we read was we read Julia Hart's memoir um, from Unorthodox. And even though she yeah. is like a crazy person, of course, you kind of have to take everything she says with a grain of salt. She's very smart and manipulative, I think. But she talks about how her mother went from being a super like intense person in communist Russia, the USSR, to they turn on communist Russia, they move to the US and she becomes, she goes from being completely atheist, raised atheist in communism to becoming an Orthodox Jew. And you think, how does that happen? And you go, oh, it's because when your brain has been primed to to follow a set of rules and absorb a set of values whole cloth, it's hard to undo, not just like who the leader is, but what it means to like look to a leader, an absolute leader. And I think in Heather Gay's case, she was following to a, she was trying to win over, the respect and the acceptance of the Mormon church. And she left that for reality TV. And what I'm concerned for her, cause she seems like a nice person. I wish her the best is I think that first season of TV, she won, she won fan favorite. She did win over the public. I loved we her. All know, God bless Hannah burner. You cannot be the public's favorite, but for so long and they will turn on you. It is an impossible game to win cause you can't win over America. And then the editors, they like to have a villain. They like to turn things. They got to edit it and keep it spicy. And I worried that she is now doing everything. Her new god is followers and fans, and she is going to fucking ruin her life trying to be perfect enough for them. Oh,
1: think about in in the book, you guys. Uh, they talk about her uh, divorce and she got pulled over for the you know DUI, which wasn't really a DUI, um, and all of this kind of fall from grace and she was talking about after you know the the billy uh leaving billy But then this is a whole nother thing that I think is going to further traumatize her because she doesn't seem to still have like dealt with this past relationship at all. And now she like, imagine not imagine being insecure about how people reacted to you and your body and things like that. And then all of a sudden you're celebrated for it. And now there's another fall from it because I'm sure she I mean, I know she saw all of the discourse about how big of a flop it was this season. And also in the book, it does come off like. She's like, well, I helped them put the show together. I filled out every piece of paperwork about all the characters and I gave it to them. And so she was like producing in her head. And we saw it this season of her trying to produce on the show. And it just didn't work at all. But it's frustrating to read or to listen to her side of it because it still doesn't seem like any excuse for any of the behavior in some ways.
0: It's hard for me to say because I didn't watch this season yet. I think I watched the first three episodes and already
2: <laughs> was like
0: when they were fighting in Arizona or whatever, I was like, what the hell is going on here? Um, I did find it interesting that nobody wanted Heather to be or Whitney to be in it. It does make sense. Yes! Seems so different though. What shocked me about the book is the way she like sucked Meredith's dick so hard. The way she talked about Brooks made me physically uncomfortable oh yeah, and up in one of paradise. the best
1: designers of like of all time and I'm like, she's like
0: she's the chicest woman in new york she's the most social woman in salt lake she is the coolest most connected woman in los angeles i'm like no she's fucking not her husband doesn't even own his house i mean it's so crazy
3: <laughs> the thing that she says about like oh and like her brooks was wearing pink shirts before it was cool it's like what are you talking like speaking of kanye there's like a literal line in his song where kanye thinks that he was the inventor of pink shirts for men. Like, and that was years ago. Well, you
1: know, you all know the pink shirts was like eighties, like uh movie villains. Like those were the uh, purveyors of pink shirts. Well, she
0: goes before it was gender bending. And one, it'd be one thing to say before it was like norm or cool, but she goes before I was like wearing it before it was cool is when it was gender bending. So actually you can't wear it before it was gender bending because I guess the before it was gender bending was in the 1800s was pink when pink was considered masculine, but like to have worn it before its prime was the gender bending time to wear it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: Yeah. oh, totally. I mean, do you you also got sent a uh, PR kit from Heather for this book. And you guys make a point of like, listen, we don't get a lot of PR things. Glad we do. It's really not going to change how we speak about this book. It's exciting to get things. I mean, that's the other thing is like, you know, we always want to make sure uh, anybody that gives us this information cannot be swayed by some uh, confetti-filled PR packet. We'll get back to this conversation in just one second. But I wanted to talk about our sponsor this week. This week, So Bad Is Good is sponsored by our friends over at BetterHelp. Um, let's see. they They want you to talk about a time that I learned something new about myself and what that experience was for me and how that changed my life. And, uh, in regards to therapy, it is interesting. It's been, uh, my experiences with therapy is learning that I can have confidence in myself. If you listen to this podcast, you know, I struggle with that. And it's one of those things that it was so ingrained into me at a young age. Um, I don't necessarily know why, but it's that thing of, of spending the last, uh, decade trying to, uh, trying to erase all of those feelings or understand them. And, and and in therapy, it was really interesting to learn that, you know, these little things that you can do that kind of start – Chipping away at the lies that you potentially Tell yourself when you're younger And through that process you can slowly Build confidence Uh, But the frustrating part that is It it takes a long time It feels like a glacial pace But it's one one of those things that I constantly Have to work on and I learned that in therapy Uh, Getting to know yourself can be a Lifelong process especially Because we're always growing and changing right Um, The last four years for all of us Have been such a growth experience because We were at a standstill for a couple years and it was a real time where, you know, we should have been taking a hard, long look at ourselves, but everything was so wild in the world that maybe we didn't, you know, and it was like this weird stunting of our growths in some ways. So now coming out or trying to come out on the other side of this, you know, we continue the journey and trying to figure out who we are as people. Now, therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and your understanding of yourself because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. So BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Um, This is something that has benefited me multiple occasions in my life. Um, After I was separated, after I got divorced, um, it has helped me at different times in my life Where I needed something like, you know how many I've got comp, I've got self-confidence workbooks that I've been recommended from therapists where I actually had to do homework about building self-confidence. I know that might sound funny to some of you guys, but it actually really did help. Um, It really helped go. This is a problem I'm working on. What are the steps to actually try to work on this problem? And are we seeing any improvement? And you can only notice that after a longer period of time. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just got to fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash SoBad today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash SoBad. I'm going to put all of this information in the show notes as well. And listen, Tom and Tom, the Toms, Tom Tom, if you're listening to this, I... Uh, I please use my my product code please just go see somebody it'll be on me but I think now is the time to journey into self discovery about why you guys act the way you do Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
0: That yeah.
1: was confetti.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought that she DM'd confetti. us personally. She DM'd us personally and was like, hey, can you read my book? Please? And then it was so funny because it was clear she didn't understand I feel bad. She didn't understand what we do, but she had seen all of our Harry Prince Harry TikToks where we like go through the book and do prompt essentially promo for it. And she was like, can I get the whole Harry treatment where you TikToks about me? And I'm like, yeah, of course we're going to promote ourselves. Like that's how we promote. Um, <laughs> but I don't think she knows our reputations yeah. for like giving our honest opinions. And I also wonder, I'm sure she does think that this is as good as it could be. We have a little bit of a higher expectation. We felt it wasn't super. Did, did, did you feel the whole section about getting divorced from Billy? It was weirdly opaque, no? Like she's always oh. almost about to tell you what happened. She talks around it a lot in a way that I'm you're so like conf- say, I'm it so
1: confu- say it or don't. I'm very confused. Yeah. I feel like a lot of those things, like you know, she would get to the precipice. Like all of a sudden, even in the 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 Mormon uh, missionary to to, to Perry or you know, it's like All of a sudden, like, you know, the 15 months just went by. Like, there's a couple specific stories, but I'm like, wait a sec. There's got to be, like, 15 months is a long time. Like, tell, bring me more into that day-to-day feeling of the grind of, like, throwing out crab pots and not getting anything in response. I mean, to me, there was just so much where I was like, this is fascinating go further with this because this is real but i'm trying to think of you as a real person and the other thing since you guys didn't watch this season was she kept talking about the shame that she felt because of her upbringing in this thing but even at the end of this season you guys she was like getting naked and rubbing her tatas against jen shaw's naked tatas and like just and i'm like wait you're shame, but like, you're totally down for putting this on the TV. It's so weird. Well, can I? Okay,
0: I have two things to say. And one is something that I've like realized just as we're talking about it now. I think the problem with the book is it has been pitched and they wanted to sell it as the way that I broke away from Mormonism and it's supposed to, and it's written. And, and when you said like, it's always on the precipice, that's when it kind of clicked for me it's supposed to be written in this direction of, and that's when this chunk kind of came undone for me. And that's when this next level got unlocked. And that's when I started to slowly distance myself. And so as you read the book, you keep expecting there to be not, not even just one great aha moment, but, and then I started experimenting here. And then, but the truth of the matter is she would have died in that Mormon church had Amy Cohen not come along. Maybe in 40 years, she would have given it up as like a six-year-old but she, until she didn't, wanted her best to stay in the church. I was shocked to realize that she hadn't officially left until the show, like, on air. When she's like, I told yes. her it's on air. I'm like, well, that's fucked up. But I want to say, the other thing that like, you're saying, like, well, if you have so much shame, then why are you doing this? I don't think it works that way, where you're, like, truly held back by your shame. I think, like, that's the problem with shame, is that you can't actually behave how you want to, because you're either going, you're overblowing it. It's almost like a binge thing. Like, well, I refuse to be shamed, so I'm going to go so far over the top. Pr- and then the next day, you're like, why did I do that? But, you know what I mean? I don't think that those things are necessarily at odds. Like, of course she was raised with shame. Like, Mormonism thrives on shame. I, but I, don't-
2: I
1: mean, you're wearing things. special, you're wearing superhero underwear just to protect yourself from accidents, you know? But I don't
0: know that she's not sitting in bed at night being like, what do people think of me? I'm horrified. Why do I, act? like, do you know what I mean? I don't think it's as easy oh, as that. And totally, but I also- but You go so hard in the other direction. Yeah.
1: But I think sometimes she uses the shame part just watching this season. Mm -hmm. She then I think learned to use the shame excuse as a crutch at times of like, that's just my shame acting out. That's just my, because I think she does know it plays when she needs it to play, not to take away that there is not shame there. I just think she keeps going to that. Well, and it's like, well, you're not course correcting your behavior at all. And to your guys's point, so, I mean, you know, breaking free from a religion, all you got to do, guys, is just get a Bravo show. All you Scientologists yeah. out there, all you, like, just have Andy make a show around you, and then you're good as gold.
0: I mean, it's, just, well, it's so funny because I do think with the shit, like, it all ties back to you. She hasn't had time to process it. And I do think she's like, well, they told me having sex is so bad. And because I don't believe in their values anymore, I'm gonna fuck anybody. I'll fuck Jen Shaw. And you're like, uh, okay, is that actually what you want? Are you still operating as a point of, like, they're still first and foremost, the perspective. And now you're just the opposite of that perspective. Like you're still not, you're still, it's hard. I mean, you, it takes people into entire lifetimes to deprogram themselves.
1: Oh, I couldn't even imagine writing a book about my Catholic experience, wasn't which wasn't nearly as traumatic at, at all. Um, but I just can't imagine putting that into words or trying to think about what being an altar boy did to me or what, Mm -hmm. you know, like coming week in and week out, like those things are really, I think sometimes takes a lifetime to process and for a Simon and Schuster book to try to throw it all down on paper on top of people wanting to just hear about the housewives, I think is a wild task. Do you guys know, I try to find this out. Did Heather Gay have a ghostwriter for this? Because in some of these books, they do credit, like, you know, Craig's like with Blake Dvorak, or it'll have this person that they wrote it with. Heather, I couldn't find a ghostwriter anywhere in the the I'm material.
3: Sure, she did. I, that's I, what I
1: was thinking. But I was like, does sometimes Simon and Schuster not say that they have a ghostwriter if they're, they don't want it to be out there? Because this didn't seem like... I mean just in terms of even the plot device the devices like I said the the 80s phrases and stuff that kept getting thrown in there and it just hard pressed for me to think that Heather was putting that in there.
0: Um she um, might have been but I think like they pick up on like I think they pick up on what you want to put down. I'm sure when she talks she'll be like, "You know, I thought it was like the 80s." and they're like, "Okay, that's conversationally her go-to metaphor." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean
3: I would say probably structurally she definitely had someone like working with her on it. I think like whether or not the ghostwriter is credited like in the book on the cover in the acknowledgements wherever i think it's just part of the deal you put down with them so um i think that there are a lot of different like deal structures when it comes to like ghost or co-writing books
1: actually okay. what's your which i was sorry
0: i just had the book here with me right now and one of the people she acknowledges uh, sometimes they hide it in the acknowledgement and they'll use like Language like for the person you spend hours with me shaping my vision. <laughs> yeah. So she thanks Natasha Simon's Simon's for endless patience, thoughtful guidance, unending compassion, and scores of support. And then if you look, I just googled her real quick. She looked up Natasha Simons, She's an executive editor, but I would guess that she she helped um, Stasi Schroeder, Maddie Ziegler. Uh, These are people all
1: all the greats, yeah,
0: yeah, who are not writing their own books. Maddie Ziegler wrote a book. I guess. Well,
3: hey,
1: you guys just found your next one. Hey, Ashley, what's your favorite? What's your favorite book you've uh, covered so far? And what's your least favorite book you've covered so far?
3: That is hard to say. Um, There are some books I've really loved. I always go to like Molly Shannon as like a go-to recommendation, like for any mood. I think that that is like kind of a gold standard of like something for everybody, and it has heart and truth, and it's funny and it's like heartfelt. Um, and then least favorite. Uh, I don't, I guess there are so many categories of least favorite. Like who did I like <laughs> hate the most? Whose book did I just like, I would, I guess Josh Peck, I think had the most profoundly bad effect on me specifically that like, it wasn't the worst book we've ever covered, but it like put me in a really bad mood. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait, what did we, what did Josh Peck do to put you in a bad mood?
3: He just reminded me a lot of an ex in the way that he is <laughs> Sorry. annoying and stupid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes sense. Um, uh, you guys did The Impossible and when Spare came out uh in the last couple of months, you read it like within I think like a day or two to cover it. Is that right?
3: Yeah. I mean, we read most of our books in about a day and a half. But that um, was
1: huge. That book was insanely so- thick.
3: That one, we just, we couldn't get an advanced copy because they weren't doing, no one got an advanced copy. There was a leak, but we, I don't know. We were like, we'll get it when it gets out. So we went to the bookstore at 9 a.m. to buy it and read it and then recorded it the next day and then released it the following day.
1: Was that, uh, I mean, are there ever times where you're like, (laughs) what the hell are we doing with our lives? Bless you. Like, do you ever get that? Like, what the hell are we doing?
3: I feel like in some ways, yes, because we're like, this is crazy. Um, this was an odd choice. But then there are other, I mean, I used to like, you know, s- you know work late and have like a really stressful week or two about a deadline when I w- was a copywriter. And so now having like a stressful deadline, like doing my own podcast where people are excited to like hear my thoughts <laughs> and I get to like, talk about like just celebrities and my best friend. I'm like, okay, having like a really annoying couple of days is a lot more fun now.
1: You were talking about on your TikTok uh, the fights that you get into and you had a whole podcast about the fights you get into. What is the most recent fight you guys have had?
0: Oh my God. We had we've had a few recently. We had one like (laughs) yesterday or two days ago because I didn't like the way Ashley organized a deck. We got into a fight about (laughs) chairs. Was that a
1: Yeah, by the way, your your chair journey, I was, guys, on TikTok, I'm telling you, one of the most fun accounts on TikTok, I mean, I just love their account so much, but they were talking about, like, you had, Ashley, you had, like, this dream of getting sponsored for some chairs because, listen, you are a very successful podcast, you need comfort to sit in, and it looks like you have a clubhouse, like, it's, like, to me, that's, like, a bat cave, that's my dream, is to have a clubhouse I go to, and you guys have one, and you're trying to deck it out, and you were going to DM every chair company in the world. And Claire, very negative, saying, we, you can't do it. Uh-huh. You can't do this. You will not do this. And then today I check. I think you got somebody that reached out to you to get to give you chairs. Yeah, it was
3: actually the first brand that I reached out to. It's just it like, you know, I feel like corporate schedules operate a little bit different than like podcaster schedules, where mm-hmm. I'm like, if they haven't responded in 12 hours, that means it's a no. When really it's like, I don't know, they probably had to like, go through their inbox at some point and then, like, have a, a team meeting. I don't know. So it was actually, like, the first or second company that I even, like, thought of ended up coming through for us.
0: Um, but Um That being said, be- when we first went from the studio, <laughs> how many people did we reach out to that we got no's across the board? Like, we've gotten a lot of no's in our life. We've gotten no. a lot of no's <laughs> in
3: our lives. Um People, listen. listen. No, but we I got love that you guys...
0: And wait, and be honest, it was not the first company you reached out to. This was your second yes. attempt at reaching out to, so like the first wave okay. two weeks ago, we got like 10 No, no's. this was, this was from the first wave. <laughs> okay. I feel right. like we got a lot of no's there, where people were like, oh, maybe in the future. A lot <laughs>
1: yeah, of if, you like could, if you could have a huge fight right now, that would be so great, just for the show. You would hero. think
0: that that podcast did not do well. It turns out people don't <laughs> love listening to fights on podcasts. <laughs> so
1: no, right, them, right. Yeah. It's like super awkward, actually, yeah.
0: But um, but we did this. If you look at the
3: dates, uh, it was in the first wave that I reached out to them and then they came through a couple weeks later. So I wonder if exciting. they came through
0: because they saw my TikTok though. Maybe. I kind of together like my though, TikTok together got a lot it's, of like credit. I feel like that made them be like, oh, did they reach out to us?
1: But see, I that's think why it works though. You guys want to punching yeah. it, is that that's why I think it works. Is that like I was like, damn, like that's why I always love team podcasts because it's like you know, if you don't have a certain strength, the other person always seems to have that strength and vice versa. And together you can accomplish so much more than just solo. And I always really think that's so cool. Um, I just finished Pamela Anderson's book, love Pamela. And, uh, you guys cleared this up for me too. I was really confused. You said she had originally turned in like a 50 page poem instead of a book. Is that true?
3: It was in her like epilogue or in her acknowledgments. She was like, thank you to my editor
0: for saying, hey, that original poem, you should expand it and make it a book. I don't think she even said that. I think she said, I want to write a book. Here's a 50 page poem. And they said, actually a 50 page poem isn't a great book.
1: Would you like to add more? I mean, it was. I loved that Pamela Anderson Netflix documentary. Like, I kind of like devoured that, and I didn't expect to like it as much. And it actually changed my opinion on her a little bit, and made it made me understand the Tommy Lee sex tape thing from a different lens. Uh, and I was really blown away. The book for me, uh, not anticlimactic, but it was after seeing that. To me, it was this natural weird thing, which I believe you guys talked about it as well, where you can kind of tell where there not there are poem elements in the sense of like all of a sudden she's like. And then I married Bob Kid Rock. Like, and it was like you jump from this all of a sudden to well, how did you meet Kid Rock, Pamela? How did that even happen? There was a lot yeah. of like just jumping forward, where it was kind of uh, just stream of consciousness. I felt at times.
0: And it's interesting because I think what makes a great memoir is a combination of the two. I always say the worst kind of memoir there is is like a Dave Grohl memoir. It's a plot memoir where you go, okay, well, this is just a first person account of your Wikipedia page. If I say if somebody else in the room could have told the same story as you, then it's not your memoir. I don't want to hear, because he does a lot of like, and then I was in Ohio and we were opening up for this band and they ran out of a guitarist. So then I got to guitar for them. And then because of that, I got to meet Prince. And then because of that, I got, and it is very like, here is how I did X, Y, Z. And honestly, it's unless you're very interested in the lore of that particular celebrity, that's not a great memoir. A great memoir is the emotional truths for me. So someone like Pam Anderson, even though, I think all those facts, like, well, how did you meet Kid Rock? I think you could Google it. I want what I can't Google. I want, how did you feel? Where were you emotionally? Like, wh- why do you keep yeah. ending up with these incredibly crusty, trashy men? Only she can tell me the most emotional truth of her, like, childhood that gets me to understand who she is as a person. So I didn't have a problem so much with her because I feel like, Heather Gay, there was a lack of emotional truth that explains yeah. Like, I was looking for the plot points. I was looking for, like... But what was happening? What was the clash in your marriage? Why did you not like each other?
3: This is something that I think gets us into like fights with people on the internet is because we are both much more interested in the emotional truth. Like if this is how they are saying, like a memoir is like a retelling of your memories. It is not a like a fucking rundown of the agenda. Like there's not a stenographer. Is that that a courtroom person? (laughs) And then
1: the second grade happened. out your life,
3: like, this is, like, what are the things that were – we always say, like, even when a memoir can be, like, has, like, pretty big holes, the things that they think were important are, like, what tell the story. And so sometimes, like, Prince Harry was a big one. Whenever there is a memoir that has, like, true, like, stands and people, like, like historians looking at the details will say, like, okay, well, this is what happened. And then someone will be, like, actually, the true fact of it is – and it's, like, actually – The true fact of it is irrelevant because if this is how they felt about what happened, that is like the story that we're looking for. I don't give a shit what day of, uh, uh, oh. Yeah, a good example would be
0: like if a celebrity, if two celebrities met at the VMAs or something in 2001 (laughs) and then they ended up dating and they're doing a memoir they're like, well, in 2004, I first saw her in this restaurant and she was so beautiful and then somebody's like, actually, here's a photo of you two (laughs) on the first time you met. I was like, okay, maybe literally the first time we spoke words was here but like emotionally when I became aware of this person as an important person in my life, it was this day. Like, and Uh. to say, the so internet,
1: the internet is so fun. You got, you guys know how fun the internet is. It is <sighs> like, I, I wrote this stupid tweet yesterday of like, I just had chat GPT write An episode of Vanderpump rules. And by the way, I didn't, it was just a stupid fly. It like, it was like, I didn't even, it was just cause I've been messing around with chat GPT And I just thought, Oh, like this would be a stupid tweet. Somebody writes today or t- retweets that and goes, huh, so is everybody else rolling eye emoji. And I'm like, what what is wrong with? And I'm like, so sorry, I mean? didn't check the internet, you idiot. I, uh, what do you people just want to
0: talking about? I mean,
3: also, that's not really true.
1: Bad.
0: Everybody in the world has not use ChatGPT to rewrite an episode of Vanderpump Rules.
1: <laughs> I so far as to
0: say nobody has done that. If you have not then uh, nobody uh, has.
1: But, but I was like, who else? i But also, I'm like, so sorry that I didn't put a Google. Also, this isn't a real tweet. Like, I don't tweet my real, like, actual life on Twitter. So it is interesting, just in terms of. I mean you say that but like dealing with the internet with what you guys do how what would you say the percentage is awesome negative
3: I guess overall (laughs) and it depends on like my overall state of mind that day because like when you look at the bigger picture of it I'm like it has given us the careers we have so
0: that's also the truth is the and you know I think anybody who's been online knows this 99% can be good comments six bad comments and your day is ruined and it does not matter what 1000 other people said it matters what those six people said it's so so
1: hard to explain that to people to really have them get it you know like the the
0: more truth of it all is (laughs) yeah. when you wake uh, up
1: too, when you wake up and then all of a sudden you're hit like a lot of I'm still getting used to that of waking up and having a bunch of things of people trying to reach to you in some way and I don't mean that in any sort of bragging way but it's just I was used to a couple people like my, including my mom that would try to get a hold of me and now waking up and like most of it's really positive, but one's like, you're a fucking joke. Da, 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 da. And then you're just like, how did this person find out that I'm a fucking joke? They totally. And that's the one that really sticks. And you have, I mean, it's, it's weird because you're bitching about like a podcast or something, but it really does. Like it does make a dent sometimes depending on oh, the day. because
0: they're not bitching about a podcast. They're bitching about you this is me on my podcast. Like if you hate me, you hate me. And if you hate the podcast, that's also the thing I worked 40 hours a week on and have dedicated my career to like, I don't know. It is a stupid podcast, but it is the thing that I have like wholeheartedly worked on and, and proud of. And yeah, like- then
1: I actually, I've, I've worked harder at this than anything in my life. And it like each day is this grind, but it's this kind of beautiful grind of like, I've never, I've never really enjoyed something as much as this. Do you guys feel that way as well? Because you're also stand-ups. You also have relationships outside of, I mean, you're getting married oh, to, you're getting like, <laughs> I mean, how, how is this in terms of like that feeling for you?
0: I definitely think there's, for me, like there's good days and bad days. I think I always should remember my worst day doing this. Well, that's not true, but (laughs) my worst thing doing this has probably been one of the worst days of my life. But overall, when I complain about this, this is the best job in the world, but at the end of the day, it is still a job. And as soon as something starts paying your bills, you have a responsibility to it that goes above like just your love and your passion because you are beholden to the people who listen and pay your rent. So in that way, standup has become the thing that I think I love the most as like a, a hobby because it's truly a hobby still. That being said, when I was only doing stand-up, standup, standup made me want to kill myself, but I love this. Yeah. But everything- I
3: love doing it. And I think that overall, yeah, I will say I, I like one time saw an interview and I, like by no, like again, by no means are we like hugely successful or famous or whatever. But I saw like one time a celebrity was like in an interview and it was someone who was bigger And they were like, how do you handle the criticism? And she was talking about, like, working really hard at, like, working on the idea that, like, if you let the bad ones in, you have to let the good ones in. And so she was saying, like, if I'm going to let bad reviews and bad things affect me, then I have to let the good things affect me the same way. And there are more good things than bad things if you're, like, doing your best. so hard to
1: do, man. That is so...
3: It's so hard, but it is, like, really important to try and do. And, I mean, I'm not good at it. Like, I'll get a bad comment and, like, send a voice note to Claire, like, on the edge of tears. But, like, um, but, yeah. I I don't know why I
1: laughed at that. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You left left a crying voice note hysterical. No, I I just because there's so many times where I feel like that where I'm just, like, Oh my God, I'm not used to having people have opinions on everything that I say. And uh, uh, listen, I realize that a lot of the things I say are stupid. And I've realized that my entire life, you're just catching up to it. Uh, we just have a couple more minutes uh, here. Also, really quick, that Pamela, you know what's really stuck out of that Pamela Anderson book is that, and this didn't come in the documentary, that her dad drowned a bag of kittens. You, oh my do God. You, do you remember that moment? Yeah.
3: There is a lot of animal like, cruelty in the 80s that this is. Who did we just read?
0: Oh, steak tooth. Her dad or her mom, she like casually mentions that her mom bought her a puppy once and then ran over her, the puppy with her car two days later. And we didn't even bring that up in the.
3: It was something that I like can't even talk. I can't even talk about that stuff. Oh, I like. I was
1: shocked hearing. I was like, wait a sec. Did that. J-? And I rewound it just to like make sure I heard it correctly. And then yeah. she just kind of goes on of like, my father was a complicated man. Da, da, da.
3: There's a lot, a lot of animal cruelty that we've read that I just like. I don't. I think most of the time we don't even bring it up on the podcast because I like can't talk about it because I'm just like. Oh, how do we even get into this without me wanting to die?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just it, there was just one moment that really like stuck out to me because it was like, oh, man, in the documentary, just like my dad's ama- like my dad had fights with my mom. But overall, is what an amazing man. And then I heard this and I was like, that's that's a horrible guy. Um you have a Patreon as well. How do you differentiate? Uh, you have the 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 main feed. What what's on the Patreon? Because you're. I, by the way, I got to be on the Patreon a long time ago, and I think there was some audio Ooh. issues where, uh, or some you guys couldn't. One of you guys couldn't hear me or something like that. But it was like I. Uh, you're. I, I don't know if that was the case, but it, it was so awesome. What else do you do on the Patreon?
0: Um, we talk about the weather and our commutes. It's really us. Like, if you like (laughs) our friendship, it's us like bantering. (laughs) And then we'll talk about like this week, we talk about Haley versus Selena. We'll talk about something we watched on Netflix. It's really open-ended forever. We want to talk to you. Sometimes we have guests, which we love.
1: What do you guys think about Haley and Selena really quick?
3: Oh, overall we think it's a stand more, not a, a person-to-person war
0: like i think
1: do you think that- we'll have to take up arms do you think this is gonna go i think this
0: is what i literally keep saying it's like world war one where the eyebrow mm-hmm. photos was the shooting of france arch duke france <laughs> where it's like okay the incident itself is just a trigger for something that's oh yeah in the world everything
1: brewing all of these things now waiting. come out everybody's like i've saved these clips for years now just to release right now like it is wild My larger
0: standpoint is the Selena fans are not doing Selena any favors by doing this. I don't think if Selena now feels that she was getting bullied by Kylie and Haley, I don't even think she felt that way at the beginning, but she does now because she's been convinced of it. I don't think dragging any human being, any adult woman who is 30 into this kind of argument with your ex's new wife is good for anybody. I don't think they're helping her. I think that. Haley is one of the most bullied people on the internet. And I don't even like her. I think it is so out of control and that we need to figure out a definition of bullying. Cause what is happening to Haley is bullying. And um, being a bitch is not bullying. And we have to figure out the two differences, just like Cry Conover. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean imagine imagine her having to explain this to steve martin martin short and meryl streep like here's what's going on you guys this girl hailey bieber i mean, like i just always think about like imagine like selena has this kind of really interesting amazing career and imagine her explaining it to these other luminaries that she's working with and i always like does steve martin and martin short have to take a side in this like do they have an opinion I on have to- this
0: What's been shocking to me is the way celebrities have taken sides. I just saw a list of all the people that have unfollowed Haley and it's like J-Lo. And I'm like, J-Lo, you're 50 years old.
1: Well, my question was, does J-Lo ever actually follow her? I always just think they're like, oh, she's not following her now. So let's say she unfollowed her. I that was my question.
0: I the because they keep pretty good tabs on that shit. They like have yeah. an inner working, like somebody who is a J-Lo stan has follows J-Lo and knows exactly who she follows and keeps, I don't know. I could see it. The other thing is, is it J-Lo? Whoever mans J-Lo's Instagram, I'm Colin <laughs> Haley, who could be a 23-year-old yeah. selenator.
1: Yeah, I love that it's all like, it's all yeah. these social media accounts are always some, like a lot of them are run by other people. So that's that's the real opinion makers right there or the people that run these accounts. Like Kathy Hilton doesn't run her own account. Like I hate to break that to people. So these things that she says and does that are wacky are sometimes actually put out there by somebody that works for her.
3: Yeah, I would say overall, it's all just like, I don't know a bunch of, it, it was just like a, an inc- inciting incident that has like led to permission for both sides to like fire everything
0: they've got.
1: But, um, are you allowed, are you allowed to tease any books coming up as as we, well, of course it? we're doing yeah.
0: Paris that comes out in March. We're doing,
3: how can
1: you not do Paris? Yeah. Yeah.
3: We've got Padma. Laksh- I don't know when this comes out, but Padma is coming out, it's coming next, out next week. week yeah. And then we've got.
1: Wait, was Padma's we, book good? Did you get that at advance copy?
3: We liked. It. No, it's, That's it's like old. Five years old or something. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so, you, no advanced copy yet.
3: We <sighs> have some like the new ones that we're doing coming up. We're going to cover the Paris Hilton book when it comes out. We're going to cover Minka Kelly when it comes out. Elliot Page. Elliot Page. When it comes out. Um oh. But the we have a, a lot of other fun ones too that are just like books that already exist. Padma Lakshmi. We're doing Seth Rogen soon. We're doing um, oh the
1: yearbook one
3: yeah. What's what the else? most
1: requested book for you guys to cover? Like, do Whatever's people like, keep
0: coming up? You know, yeah. people always be like, "Have you seen that Prince Harry's coming out with a memoir?" And it's like, yeah, that in my line of work, <laughs> we're all day. I think about celebrity memoirs. The biggest celebrity memoir of all time. Yeah, I've heard about it.
3: Would <laughs> yeah, you ever the touch that... the
1: Chris Jenner one?
0: We did it. We did it. it.
1: You did it.
3: Yeah, what, like got... two years ago, maybe.
1: Everybody says it's, like, weirdly uh, tawdry. I don't know if that's... I, I haven't read it, but, like... Well, was, you know, I so think
3: so- early no, I- in... It was so early in the Kardashian empire that I don't... I don't think that they had, like, fully crafted what they were doing yet. So it was, like, softier than I think anything that would
0: come out now. My argument would be obviously it's like on the eve of chris humphrey marrying kim so like it ends with and look all my kids are so happy (laughs) courtney's with scott (laughs) chloe's with lamar kim is about to marry chris everybody's settled and we're all growing up so that's kind of silly but i would argue that you already see in that what i think is one of the geniuses of chris jenner which is that she is more than willing to take a hit and so i think you know she's always jumping on the bombs reputationally she's happy to be the villain and so she really does paint herself as a villain in a way that I think always like covers everyone else's ass. You know what I mean?
1: Is the best way to read these books sometimes years after they've come out? Do you find?
3: Mm, it definitely no. depends. Some of them, I mean, it depends on the books. The good, I would say a good memoir is supposed to not exist in the moment. Like, I think the Chris one kind of holds up, honestly. it's I wouldn't call it a good memoir, but like any of the ones that we've read that are good should not have to be read in the moment. The problem is a lot of the ones that we do read are released for that moment. So sometimes we'll like that Heather Gay's book was like meant to come out this year. Like Lala Kent's book was like commentary on information that was like currently happening. Um, so, you know, sometimes we'll read a book that like kind of serves that purpose, but we'll read it five years later. And so we're like, okay, well, this book was intended. Jody Sweeten is a good example. Like that book came out a long time ago and it was intended to be like a a little bit of assistance for her reputation while she was like fighting for
0: custody of her child, and and now- one of the most interesting things I think that would change about that book is she was adopted and she was told mm-hmm. by her parents to lie about being adopted so that nobody questioned that they had their adopted daughter working a hundred hours a week. And at the time, she's like, "But it was because I loved it and I love it, and they were the best parents ever, and I never felt bad about anything." And even though I like, and she, and then you find out at the end of the book that she, her custody agreement says that her parents have to be present when she's with her daughter. So it did make me go, oh, well, this is why you don't have a single negative thing to say about the way you were raised, because if your parents are deemed unfit parents to you, then there goes any access you have to your own daughter. You need them to be the reasonable ones as, like, character witnesses. Or, like, you need them to
3: just, like, be in a good mood around you so that they are willing to, like, show up and, like, perpetuate this agreement. If they are mad at you, they're going to say, like, well, we're not going to do this anymore. And then you don't see it, whatever, so which so also have, reminds
1: like, me of the Jeanette McCurdy book that you guys covered as well, talking about that relationship with her mom and working, which I found very interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a phenomenal memoir. But again, people I agree, yeah. like so, wanted more from her from the Nick stuff. She was able to do that memoir because her mom passed away. I feel so that chapter is kind of closed, and she can yeah. say whatever she wants to say. I think she could do another great memoir in twenty years that would be more honest about the Nickelodeon times.
2: Um, yeah.
3: So basically when books are like about a certain point in time specifically, and then we read them seven years later, it's like not as good.
1: um well thank you guys for spending so much time with us today i really appreciate it i really look up to what you guys are doing and uh, you know it's just just fantastic and you guys you already know them but if you don't just go check out one episode i think you're going to be sold immediately in the show notes i'm going to put access to their patreon their show dates these shows are selling out so make sure you get your tickets asap because i think this will be a really really fun tour to go see uh before they get to like kanye west jesus territory where they just lose their minds i can Oh, uh, what, are, what are you guys doing this weekend what, what's what's on the agenda anything fun
0: oh my god I'm, I just found out I'm moving so I have oh to
1: perfect <laughs> oh I <laughs> made just like a little move okay great thank you Let's for go. doing this on move weekend what about you Ashley
3: um I guess reading and then <laughs> next, oh I'm going I have a bachelorette party I'm gonna be in the Bahamas
1: <laughs> are you wait did you just forget you're gonna be in the Bahamas you're like I'm reading but I'll also be in the Bahamas yeah. this weekend yeah. Perfect. Um, okay, you guys, uh, Celebrity Memoir Book Club, go check them out immediately. Thank you guys so much for being here today.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. This is so fun.
2: Betches.